Chapter 81 of The Man in the Iron Mask by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Monsieur de Gesvres Round D'Artagnan was little used to resistance like that he had just experienced. He returned profoundly irritated to Nantes. Irritation with this vigorous man usually vented itself in impetuous attack, which few people hitherto, were they king, were they giants, had been able to resist. Trembling with rage, he went straight to the castle and asked an audience with the king. It might be about seven o'clock in the morning, and since his arrival at Nantes the king had been an early riser. But on arriving at the corridor with which we are acquainted, D'Artagnan found Monsieur de Gesvres, who stopped him politely, telling him not to speak too loud and disturb the king. "'Is the king asleep?' said D'Artagnan. "'Well, I will let him sleep. But about what o'clock do you suppose he will rise?' "'Oh, in about two hours. His majesty has been up all night.' D'Artagnan took his hat again, bowed to Monsieur de Gesvres, and returned to his own apartments. He came back at half-past nine and was told that the king was at breakfast. "'That will just suit me,' said D'Artagnan. "'I will talk to the king while he is eating.' Monsieur de Brienne reminded D'Artagnan that the king would not see anyone at mealtime. "'But,' said D'Artagnan, looking askant at Brienne, "'you do not know, perhaps, monsieur, that I have the privilege of entree anywhere and at any hour.' Brienne took the captain's hand kindly and said, "'Not at Nantes, dear Monsieur d'Artagnan. The king in this journey has changed everything.' D'Artagnan, a little softened, asked about what o'clock the king would have finished his breakfast. "'We don't know.' <laughs> "'Don't know? What does that mean? You don't know how much time the king devotes to eating?' It is generally an hour, and if we admit that the air of the Loire gives an additional appetite, we will extend it to an hour and a half. That is enough, I think. I will wait where I am. Oh, dear Monsieur d'Artagnan, the order of the day is not to allow any person to remain in this corridor. I am on guard for that particular purpose." d'artagnan felt his anger mounting to his brain a second time he went out quickly for fear of complicating the affair by a display of premature ill-humor as soon as he was out he began to reflect the king said he will not receive me that is evident the young man is angry he's afraid beforehand of the words that i may speak to him yes but in the meantime belle is besieged and my two friends by now probably taken or killed. Poor Porthos. As to Master Aramis, he is always full of resources, and I am easy on his account, but no, no, Porthos is not yet an invalid, nor is Aramis in his dotage. The one with his arm, the other with his imagination, will find work for his majesty's soldiers. Who knows if these brave men may not get up for the edification of his most Christian majesty, a little bastion of St. Gervais? I don't despair of it. They have cannon and a garrison. And yet, continued D'Artagnan, 
i don't know whether it would be not better to stop the combat for myself alone i will not put up with either surly looks or insults from the king but for my friends i must put up with everything shall i go to monsieur colbert now there is a man i must acquire the habit of terrifying i will go to monsieur colbert and d'artagnan set forward bravely to find monsieur colbert but was informed that he was working with the king at the castle of nantes good cried he the times have come again in which i measured my steps from de treville to the cardinal from the cardinal to the queen from the queen to louis the thirteenth truly it is said that men in growing old become children again to the castle then he returned thither monsieur de lyon was coming out he gave d'artagnan both hands but told him that the king had been busy all the preceding evening and all night and that orders had been given that no one should be admitted not even the captain who takes the order cried d'artagnan i think that is rather too strong not even he said monsieur de lyon since that is the case replied d'artagnan wounded to the heart since the captain of the musketeers who has always entered the king's chamber is no longer allowed to enter it his cabinet or his salle à manger either the king is dead or his captain is in disgrace do me the favor then monsieur de lyon who are in favor to return and tell the king plainly i send him my resignation d'artagnan beware of what you are doing for friendship's sake go and he pushed him gently toward the cabinet well i will go said lyon d'artagnan waited walking about the corridor in no enviable mood lyon returned well what did the king say exclaimed d'artagnan he simply answered tis well replied lyon that it was well said the captain with an explosion that is to say that he accepts it good now then i am free i am only a plain citizen monsieur de lyon i have the pleasure of bidding you good-bye farewell castle corridor antechamber a bourgeois is about to breathe at liberty takes his farewell of you and without waiting longer the captain sprang from the terrace down the staircase where he had picked up the fragments of gourville's letter five minutes after he was at the hostelry where according to the custom of all great officers who have lodgings at the castle he had taken what was called his city chamber but when he arrived there instead of throwing off his sword and cloak he took his pistols put his money into a large leather purse sent for his horses from the castle stables and gave orders that would ensure their reaching van during the night everything went on according to his wishes at eight o'clock in the evening he was putting his foot in the stirrup when monsieur de gesvres appeared at the head of twelve guards in front of the hostelry d'artagnan saw all from the corner of his eye he could not fail seeing thirteen men and thirteen horses but he feigned not to observe anything and was about to put his horse in motion gesvres rode up to him monsieur d'artagnan said he aloud ha monsieur de gesvres good evening one would say you were getting on horseback more than that i am mounted as you see it is fortunate i have met with you 
Were you looking for me, then? Mon Dieu, yes. On the part of the king, I will wager. Yes. As I, three days ago, went in search of Monsieur Fouquet. Oh, nonsense. It is of no use being over-delicate with me. That is all labor lost. Tell me at once you are come to arrest me. To arrest you? Good heavens, no. Why do you come to accost me with twelve horsemen at your heels, then? I am making my round. That isn't bad. And so you pick me up in your round, eh? I don't pick you up. I meet with you. And I beg you to come with me. Where? To the king. Good, said D'Artagnan with a bantering air. The king is disengaged. For heaven's sake, captain, said Monsieur de Gesvres in a low voice to the musketeer, do not compromise yourself. These men hear you. D'Artagnan laughed aloud and replied, March! People who are arrested are placed between the six first guards and the six last. But as I am not arresting you, said Monsieur de Gesvres, you will march behind with me if you please well said d'artagnan that is very polite duke and you are right in being so for if ever i had had to make my rounds near your chambre de ville i should have been courteous to you i assure you on the word of a gentleman now one favor more what does the king want with me oh the king is furious very well the king who has thought it worth while to be angry may take the trouble to grow calm again that is all i shan't die of that i will swear no uh, but but i shall be sent to keep company with unfortunate monsieur fouquet mordieu that is a gallant man a worthy man we shall live very sociably together i will be sworn here we are at our place of destination said the duke captain for heaven's sake be calm with the king <laughs> you are playing the brave man with me duke said d'artagnan throwing one of his defiant glances over gesvres i have been told that you are ambitious of uniting your guards with my musketeers this strikes me as a splendid opportunity I will take exceedingly good care not to avail myself of it, Captain. And why not, pray? Oh, for many reasons. In the first place, for this. If I were to succeed you in the musketeers after having arrested you... Ha! Then you admit you have arrested me? No, I don't. Say met me, then. So... You were saying, if you would succeed me after having arrested me? Uh, your musketeers, at the first exercise with ball cartridges, would fire my way by mistake. <laughs> As to that, I won't say, for the fellows do love me a little. Gesvres made D'Artagnan pass in first, and took him straight to the cabinet where Louis was waiting for his captain of the musketeers, 
and placed himself behind his colleague in the antechamber. The king could be heard distinctly, speaking aloud to Colbert in the same cabinet where Colbert might have heard, a few days before, the king speaking aloud with Monsieur d'Artagnan. The guards remained as a mounted picket before the principal gate, and the report was quickly spread throughout the city that Monsieur le Capitaine of the Musketeers had been arrested by the order of the king. Then these men were seen to be in motion, and as in the good old times of Louis the Thirteenth and Monsieur de Treville, groups were formed and staircases were filled. Vague murmurs, issuing from the court below, came rolling to the upper stories, like the distant moaning of the waves. Monsieur de Gesvre became uneasy. He looked at his guards, who, after being interrogated by the musketeers who had just got among their ranks, began to shun them with a manifestation of innocence. D'Artagnan was certainly less disturbed by all this than M. de Gesvre, the captain of the guards. As soon as he entered, he seated himself on the ledge of a window, whence, with his eagle glance, he saw all that was going on without the least emotion. No step of the progressive fermentation which had shown itself at the report of his arrest escaped him. He foresaw the very moment the explosion would take place, and we know that his previsions were in general correct. "'It would be very whimsical,' thought he, "'if this evening my praetorians should make me king of France. How I should laugh!' But at the height all was stopped. Guards, musketeers, officers, soldiers, murmurs, uneasiness, dispersed, vanished, died away. There was an end of menace and sedition. One word had calmed the waves. The king had desired Brienne to say, "'Hush, messieurs! You disturb the king!' D'Artagnan sighed. "'All is over,' said he. "'The musketeers of the present day are not those of his majesty Louis the Thirteenth. "'All is over.' "'Monsieur d'Artagnan, you are wanted in the antechamber of the king.' proclaimed an usher. End of chapter 81. Recording by John Van Stan. Savannah, Georgia.